Hi, my name is Kimberly. I'm a compulsive eater. I'm a compulsive undereater, overeater, and overexerciser, overthinker. There's a lot of things that that I that I am and I could be, um, but I I'm just a compulsive eater when it comes down to it. Um, I want to thank every individual newcomer who identified themselves, and every individual and newcomer who didn't. Um, you're the reason why I'm here today because um, I come to this meeting regularly and sometimes I I feel like I, I don't want to be heard. I shouldn't share because I share often. And maybe the um, the core people here that are here every week don't want to hear me. But just it's so encouraging to hear that there's so many newcomers here and I hope you get something from my share. And if you don't, there's so many other meetings. Also, I um, I suggest you listen to the similarities rather than the differences. And somebody wrote in the chat that um, we've saved the seed for you. So come all the way in and sit all the way down. I love that. I love that. That's what I had to do. Come all the way in and sit all the way down. Um, so um, I really believe that I uh, was an addict from the go. Uh, my first substance was food because that was the most available. Uh, later turned to drugs, alcohol, and um, and some other things that I also am a 12-step programs for. But but food was my first thing because it was the most accessible. Um, I can remember my aunt, who is an excellent baker and cook. I just wanted to be around her all the time. She was my favorite aunt for that reason. You know, I had several aunts, but I wanted to be around her because she taught me how to bake. She taught me how to, um, you know, you know, I just everything, life. But what I was interested in was how to cook great food. Towards the end, it didn't matter how great the food was. But in the beginning, I thought I was like this, you know, uh, connoisseur. I watched the Food Network all the time. I had the latest and greatest kitchen gadgets. And this is all like growing up as a kid. My parents encouraged it. They thought it was a great hobby. And um, I was able to keep weight off despite the large quantities I was eating because I was really athletic. I played um, as early as five. I started playing soccer um, throughout my career all the way until 18. I played um, soccer, volleyball, softball, track, basketball. I mean, anything with a ball, I pretty much picked up. And um, like I said, I was playing sports year round and that's what kept the weight off. I was able to eat what I wanted when I wanted and I took full advantage of that. And, you know, being that young, I just, it was kind of Teflon. The weight would just fall off of me. As I got older and uh, focused more on my studies, the weight started to stay on because I wasn't exercising as much. But what really hurt me, and I'm really glad somebody shared about overexercise in this meeting earlier this week or last week, because overexercising is a part of my story. And when I started getting injured, I think I started getting injured at 12 regularly. Um, I would put weight on when I was recovering and take it off when I started you know, playing again. But um, yeah, the food was always there, savory, sweet, spicy, salty. It, it didn't matter. Um, when I got to college, I, I, um, I was, soccer was the number one sport and I wanted to play in college. And I remember I went to the tryout and I had been a star soccer player and it was the first time I had to try out for a team, you know, before it was always a shoe in I was just part of the team captain and everything. And I, I tried out for this team and I said, I am no longer the best. 
There are people here that are better than me. They're from all over the country. And it was the first time that I quit something. And the reason why I bring this up is because um, it was not just quitting the soccer team. It was quitting a lot of what I already knew, which was I was encouraged to do things. I was strong in studies. I was strong in school. And it was just kind of like, I don't know. I quit. I didn't care anymore. I'm at this new school. Um, I'm meeting new people. I'm experiencing new things. And um, I no longer have parental supervision. So I just hit food the harder. You know, it was dining commons, free, unlimited food. It wasn't free. It was paid for by student loans. But, um, and I see my five minutes coming up. Uh, but it was just, it was a free for all. I started to take drugs to temper the food, the weight gain, and that helped and worked for a while. And then when I stopped those drugs and was into downers, I put up weight back on again. Thanks, Corey. So it was a constant yo-yo. My parents never knew what I was going to look like when I came home from school, you know, from school for Thanksgiving or whatever. And they always had a comment, especially my father, about my weight, good, bad, or indifferent. And um, my, but my father and I still have I don't see eye to eye in a lot of things. And he still comments about my weight, you know, despite me setting boundaries and learning a lot of things in this program to protect myself. Um, I first started um, after I got into um, alcohol and drugs took me down faster than the food. So I started going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. I went into rehab, into treatment for um, several months and I was able to get sober and I, cele I celebrate 15 years of sobriety in April. But that sobriety is what, like, thank you, that sobriety is what led me to Overeaters Anonymous. I was working the steps in AA and food and food behaviors and this deep-seated like need to eat were coming up in my step work for AA. And I'm grateful that I had a sponsor that said, I cannot help you with this problem you need to go to Overeaters Anonymous. And that's when I first started going to meetings in 2011. I was um, 29 years old. I still had a lot of eating left to do. And I liked the meetings and I liked you guys. And I came all the time and I had commitments and I was active, but I was never abstinent. I did the tools, I did the writing, I did all that stuff, but I would never could get abstinent. And it took until, um, you know, actually, now that I think about it, it's January 17th, I have three years abstinent today. And thanks. And I started in 2011. So 2021, 2011, that's 10 years of in and out, eating, not eating, under eating, overeating, over exercising, under exercising, and being in the program. It's very painful to be in OA and be eating. And um, now I find that it's a lot easier to stay than it is to come back. So um, my experience in OA has been fantastic. Um, I've had several sponsors. I've worked the steps several times. But again, working the steps when you're not abstinent for me, it's just, it, it can't happen. I have to set the food down. My alcoholic foods have to come down. And um I just started surrendering those alcoholic foods a little bit at a time. 
but I'm so stubborn and headstrong that I was like, I'm going to hold on to that sugar. I'm going to hold on to those cakes. I'm going to hold on. I'll eat just desserts, get breakfast, lunch, and dinner so I can keep my weight down. I'll skip meals for desserts. I'll do, it was anything. It was like, it talks about in the big book and the doctor's opinion. We tried every method that we, you know, that we tried everything, you know, I forgot what chapter it is. It might be how it works or into action where it talks about take a trip, not take a trip, swear off forever, you know, with exercise, without exercise, um, you know, voluntary trips to sanitariums, we could decrease the list at infinitum. I tried everything to be able to hold on to sugar. And it's when I admitted that I was a sugar addict and there was things that I had to set down that um, I started making progress. My last binge, and hopefully it'll be my last binge, was uh, Thanksgiving of 2021. And uh, it was the, it was just like drinking and using. I uh, ate until the sun came up and it was an all-nighter. I couldn't stop eating and I, and I would binge on healthy foods like granola bars. I, it wasn't always just the bad stuff, quote unquote, but it was to the point where my gut couldn't handle it anymore. I was living on Tums, Pepto-Bismol, and uh, even though my stomach couldn't tolerate it, I ate through the pain because that's how strong the disease was for me. That's how strong the illness is. And I came to the point where I woke up the day after Thanksgiving and I said, I already know where to go. I know to go to Overeaters Anonymous. And I just sat in meetings, put my name in the chat because this is post-pandemic and just said, I see I have 20 seconds left. Um for this five minutes and um, put my name in the chat and he said, I'm named Kimberly. I need a sponsor. I didn't care if they knew me or not. Hi, my name's Kimberly. I need a sponsor. And I did that for every meeting until people started calling me and they did. And um, like I said, I had been through sponsors before. Thank you. But um, I met a woman that I knew from Los Angeles where I'm originally from. And um, I had, seen her in person at a couple meetings you know like back in 2011 and she had moved out of state and I had moved out of state and we met on zoom like formally she lives in Maryland I live in Texas now and I've never actually face to face like talked to her in person and she's been my sponsor for the last two years she's taken me through the steps shown me how to be a sponsor shown me how to be an OA in recovery, you know, working the tools and showing me a new kind of spirituality that I never thought was possible by talking to God openly, by using two-way prayer, writing to God, no matter how angry I was at him, I would cuss at God. And my sponsor said, don't worry, your higher power is huge. He can handle it. And um, I would have God write me back, you know, in my hand, but me really channeling him, what would God the most benevolent, most loving, most personal God just built for me? What would he say back to me? And it was, it was loving. It was, it was caring. It was the truth. And um, meanwhile, Kimberly was, was spitting all this, you know, anger and vitriol. And I had to hear God back. And sometimes I don't want to hear what God has to say. But when I see how things work out, when I go with his will, I go back to those two-way prayers in my journal and see how God was right all along, you know.
I have a number of health issues that I deal with on a daily basis. One of them is chronic pain. I've had four back surgeries and one hip surgery. I have a congenital defect in my spine. And um, if I was sedentary most of my life, it probably would have never bothered me. But because I was so active and still ran through injuries and worked through injuries and played through injuries, I have a serious back problem now. I have scars all up and down my spine and I have to take pain medication. And it's not something that I, I wanna do or something that I'm proud of, but I'm not ashamed of it anymore. But there's a certain diet that I have to eat in order to keep my bowels going. And um, number one on the list now is taking care of Kimberly when it comes to program. Um, I'm not saying that I put myself first, but I have to put my health first in order for my life to be first class and in order for me to be available to people I can help because I know I have a story to tell. I've experienced strength and hope. And um, there's so many good things in my life today. I'm a homeowner. You know, my husband and I always had a dream of buying a home and we couldn't afford Los Angeles. So we moved out of state. And we're so glad that we did. And um, I have, I set boundaries in my business. I'm a business owner. You know, these are all things that because of OA, I have the strength and the courage to try things that I never thought possible. And more than anything, I'm willing to try and fail today. You know, when I was growing up, failure was not an option. It was like, of course, you're going to be on honor roll. Of course, you're going to be in school. Of course, like it was expected of my family. And now I don't worry as much about failing. We read something in um, this meeting. I don't know what day that talks about except our falling, failing, because we're not perfect. And that's what I have to remember. Like, I'm not going to be the perfect sponsor. I'm not going to be the perfect speaker. I'm not going to be the perfect OA. But to the best of my ability and following, following God's will to the best of my ability, I can show up as my authentic self, tell my authentic story, and be as authentic as I can be on a daily basis within the framework of my higher powers will for me. So, um, Just want to thank the newcomers again, every single one of you who identified or not identified. I'm sure I, 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 I could have just told Karen, forget it, or not mentioned anything at all and said, well, Kevin's not here. I'm not going to speak and not stand up for myself, you know, but I said, you know what? I was asked to speak. I'm going to say something. And then look, there was like 10 newcomers that said, hey, I'm new here. That's what I'm here for. So I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share.